electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber is on assignment. Say goodbye to Q1. Longest quarter ever, as B of A recently wrote. We'll be on watch for some rebalancing, plenty of eco data, and a potential record release of oil from the SPR. Oil back below 102 as OPEC meets. Our roadmap begins with energy and the oil slide. OPEC stays the course and the U.S. nears that historic release of reserves. Recession risks, JPM says, not this year. Why the bank says the U.S. is poised to weather the inflation storm and then meme volatility amc's gains for the week have already been cut <laughs> in half let's start though with oil under pressure and the president considering huge reserve releases jim they're talking a million a day for 180 days about five percent of our daily consumption right i mean we can easily take our consumption up we've got a lot of wells that wells that are drilled but are not in production uh I, i've looked at all the S, spr releases Wait one day, buy oil stocks. Because we did one in November. Yeah. Well, the IEA did one. Right. We've done many years of these, and in every single case, it's been an opportunity to buy oil because it does not have any real impact on the market. Uh, by the way, what happens is a lot of our oil companies just immediately take the, their production, ship it overseas so that you, know, you can sell it anywhere. Um, we are still producing probably a million F barrels less than we can every single day. And that's because of a decision by our major oil companies to hold back and return money to shareholders. So those are the things you buy when you get this kind of thing, because that's just immutable. That's what they do. They're looking. Most of these oil companies are looking at the curve. It shows that oil is going to be lower this time next year. So why why would you ever start drilling now if you know that a year from now it's going to be lower? Right. Although even the back end of the curve would still be a profitable price. Oh, my God. These guys are saying they're making it's costing thirty, forty dollars on average. Eighty net. eighties. Right. right. So they all wanna you're gonna get a variable dividend for the uh, the, the independence is probably between seven and nine percent. So you may think that the yield curve oh t- did I mention twos and tens? Yeah. Because I like to yet. confuse everybody. <laughs> and I don't think there's gotta be is every single person confused by it? because remember it's predicted uh, twelve out of the last six recessions. Well, we don't talk about that. But if you think that rates are high, you're going to get a better return by owning the oils. But you got to do it tomorrow, not today, because it'll be down today. Uh, OPEC, of course, uh, meeting as well. Uh, they're going to have the next meetings May five. Like, looks like they're going to stick to their about four hundred k plus boost. Yeah, I, I don't understand why we have not been able to have any uh, impact. Yeah, the pre- president. Biden has not had any impact on them, but I think that we speak softly and and don't carry a stick. And I think that that's opposite of what TR did. I find that we're not um, effective with some of these allies. It doesn't really it doesn't compute. Well, we're, we're trying to reach out to the Saudis a bit more. Yeah, uh, there is though still a huge Russian influence in OPEC plus. Absolutely, it, it, Russia. It's interesting how much Russia is still considered to be an important country. Uh, if you take away 
their natural gas uh, to Germany, which we will at this time next year because of the flood of new energy. I was just seeing from Semper. Semper sending it with Total announced today. Uh, we have gigantic projects that are sending a huge amount to Europe. That When I spoke to Sharif Suki, who is from a little company called Tellurium, but he did build Chenier, um, they won't, Russians will have no leverage this time next year. Now, if the Germans were to recommission some of their coal plants, which they took out, and change their uh, plan to go off carbon, then Russia would, have, would not be a factor this year. This year. All right. Well, Lavrov, for example, going to Delhi uh, today right. as India continues to buy Russian they're, they're probably oil the worst, at a discount. They're probably the worst enemy we have right now when it comes to Russia, uh, which is extraordinary. The rubles re- it's democracy. The rubles rebound has been driven in part by these oil sales I and know. the central bank intervention. Yeah. I, I, you, I, but you think we're going to chip away at that? Paper tiger. It's becoming a paper tiger. The, uh, you know, we have bad supply chain issues in this country. You have a problem with your car, you're probably not going to get a part. Uh, they have supply chain problems in Russia, too, but we've somehow viewed them as when Zukov decided that let's have a race to Berlin in 1944. I mean, I don't know why we insist, other than the fact that they do have nukes, they look very much like Argentina to me. Now, no one wants to hear that. We send, a, we send over a, a hundred of the switchblades. Now, I saw the switchblade. Operate a switchblade. This is aero environment. The switchblade is known as the Widowmaker because it goes up. It's got 40 minutes in, uh, looks at heat signature, uh, and then kills whoever's doing the uh, operate the artillery. This is what's been lagged uh, because right now we only have about a five-mile range, we meaning Ukraine, uh, to be able to wipe that artillery. But the artillery is far, uh, much further. So we sent 100. Why have we not sent 1,000? It's a great question to me. Why did we initially not send the switchblade but send the one that only had five miles? This is, I think, Jake Sullivan, who's the... Uh, the National Security Advisor. Now, I, I speak with people in the Pentagon, and they just wish that we didn't have some, like, you know, kind of, like, background of me. Yeah. He looks like my background. And believe me, I didn't fight like my father. Uh, page one of the Times today uh, talks about U.S. and U.K. intelligence suggesting that there are tensions inside the Kremlin. Uh, yeah. Putin's not getting reliable information. The troops on the ground are... They don't have the... Sabotaging their own they, operations. It, now, in, in Chechnya, before, uh, before Putin took over, the uh, troops in Russia would sell bullets to the enemy in order to make money. And then they'd run. Uh, I'm not hearing anything good about this conscripted army. But the United States has decided to not allow Ukraine to go offensive. So they're basically ceding the eastern part. Now, why this is, is I think it's because Jake Sullivan is... Again, Jake Sullivan is like... It's like me running the army. I mean, like, you know, hey, I'd ask my dad. He was in the Sixth Army. Hey, dad, what do I do? I mean, how about the Pentagon? The Pentagon, which wants to arm Ukraine, why aren't they being consulted? I, I, I mean, they're being consulted, but it's all lip service. Sure. My sources in the Pentagon are like saying, oh, actually, my sources are pretty good, are saying like, well, if they listen to us, they could go on the offensive and wipe out Russia because they've got the spare parts, but NATO won't give them what they need. Now, why this is, I mean, I have a totally different narrative from what everybody else is saying, because, I don't know, my father was a decorated veteran, and people trust me. You've been hawkish. But this, I mean, the whole state-defense split is a classic executive uh, battle right. in all administrations. It always is. It always is. Uh, if, it, I just keep coming back to the fact that if you think we have a supply chain problem trying to fix your uh, Nissan uh, Infinity, you should imagine what they have since nobody's shipping them. I've got pictures of actual supermarkets where there's nothing. 
nothing. But is that reporter upon? They're protests every day. They're not reporter. Now, in the 1994 uh, Chechnya war, they had a free press because Yeltsin believed in free press. And that's why the war ended. Because people saw how many people were dying sure. and realized that there was nothing in the supermarkets. This is a complete blackout. So there are everywhere in Russia are these same problems, but you're not allowed to report on it. But I have people on the ground sending me pictures. There's nothing in the aisles. There's nothing in the uh, feminine hygiene aisle. Remember who sends everything to them? Us. I mean, you know, some of our companies spent years trying to get in the aisles of the supermarkets. Well, they got in there. Yeah. Russia doesn't make anything, okay? They make nothing. Well, Why don't people well, realize that Russia makes nothing? Yeah, I'll, and they're I'll, out of tank parts. A lot's been written about the population's tolerance for that. It's been built up over the years. Well, you know, that they, in 1944, they lived with everything. They had nothing. But this is not 44, okay? And as you, as not, you just said to Becky. It's not 44. Ago. I mean, why do people, like the level of belief... Now, they have nukes, okay? And that's, the, you, know, you want to believe in something, they got nukes. They can do chemical because anybody can do chemical. You and I can do chemical. But when it comes to actual, like, cavalry, tech, you know, tank cavalry, they might as well be horse cavalry. But why we decided that we can't go, that Ukraine can't go in the offensive, I'm struggling with that. Uh, as you said, Jim, they, they have nukes. That's, that's yeah, part I'm of the I'm giving $100,000 tomorrow for my travel trust to uh, Red Cross. For Ukraine. What I wouldn't want to do is to give $100,000 to Aero Environment to send the Switchblade 600, of which, by the way, as again, when I flew the 600, I can fly it, you can fly it. Obviously, it's been a huge dynamic for the quarter, and we are entering the final trading session of the month and the quarter. Uh, it's been a strong March for stocks, but we are on pace, uh, the S&P at least, Jim, for the first uh, quarterly decline in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, when you look, we have a lot of companies that really had amazing performance in the fourth quarter. I mean, like someone was, someone, when they weren't showing pictures of me being sodomized by gorillas, which I've tried to get limited by Twitter, but so far they seem to think that that's free speech. Not unlike what Elon Musk in the poll, I decided they believe in total free speech. What I'm seeing is people hating me for liking NVIDIA uh, because NVIDIA is not doing well this year. Now, NVIDIA is one of the greatest performers of all time, but NVIDIA represented what a lot of people were doing in the fourth quarter, which is buying these stocks. Those stocks didn't do well, and instead what people did was buy the oils, uh, you know, Nike's a good example. That stock went down to the 120s. It came all the way back. And I'm sure you read Doug Cass last night. As Home Depot goes, so goes the country. I met with the Home Depot CFO. They're not doing nearly as bad as people think. That, by the way, the Walgreens quarter was nothing to write home about. Uh, and we haven't yet mentioned a bunch of the calls, no, but one of them is Barclays cutting Pulte. Yeah, oh, man, they, Barclays came in and just slashed all the home. Dallas Fed did this piece about the, about the, there was really good, came out last night, about the giant bubble in housing. Now, how, you know, if you bought a house in the Sun Belt and it was a $400,000 house, you probably paid 500000 That's probably unsustainable. And I know that the Fed thinks it's unsustainable, and that's what the rising rates, a mortgage rate of 5% is going to cut back. But the affordability now for a home is just miserable in this country. Well, Barclays' point is that, uh, as far as Pulte goes, that, Builder valuations don't really bottom until you're either exiting a recession or rates peak. And that, both of those things are probably not close. That's absolutely true. Now, KBH is $2 above its KBH, which they still like. Uh, yeah, KBH is $2 above its book value. Uh, it sells at three times earnings, lowest uh, multiple in the, in the S&P. Well, that means that the, they're not going to make the estimates because when you see that, like Bethlehem Steel sold at two times earnings a year before it went bankrupt. So, you know, now KBH is a very strong company. I'm not saying that, but 
you're going to see the earnings be a fraction of what people think. Uh, interesting note out of J.P. Morgan today. Uh, not research, but rather the desk. Uh, and they argue, Jim, that there'll be no recession in the U.S. this year. Uh, they say that $6 trillion in stimulus under both Trump and Biden uh, has been uh, released. More than half of that is not yet spent. Instead, it sits in household and government balance sheets. And in their view, the U.S. is almost uniquely positioned to weather the storm that is inflation right now. I had paychecks on last night. Marty Musi, 700,000 smaller, medium-sized business, the strongest it's been in years. Uh, and we saw, no, you no saw continuing claims. Again, you yeah. got to go back to the 60s. No, I mean, look, it's going to be hard. This is, it's not unlike Steven Seagal. It's hard to kill, which was one of his seminal, that was one of his seminal pictures. And I do find that, that the Fed's got its work cut out for it. If it really wants to slow down this economy, except for housing. So your terminal rates in the threes or well, something like that? Still pretty good. I mean, look, let's understand housing indeed punches above its weight. It's only 10 percent of the economy. Uh, but it's possible to listen to Gary Friedman from RH and just say, listen, uh, don't drink milk till late next year because he's calling for like nuclear. I mean, that was close to like a nuclear war. That was Dr. Strangelove. He's got to learn to buy. He's got to stop worrying. He's got to start loving the bomb. That was like a very disjointed conference. I urge everyone to be on that conference call because I love Gary. And I sent him a nice note after the conference call, but it was like, wow. (laughs) I mean, He's in the furniture business. I know, but he's got the guest house. It's going to open up in in the meatpacking district in the Great London, the Bethlehem Steel in San Francisco. But he made me feel like don't even venture outside. Not unlike (laughs) when I had to stick my head in the cubbyhole during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. That's what they made us do in order to prevent for Is nuclear war. Is that what they did? For nuclear war, they said if we put our heads in the, the because we were right next to the Wilgrove Naval Air Force Base, where a lot of the planes went to Cuba, uh, we were told stick our heads in the cubby holes, and no matter what happened, we would live. Now I think that was probably uh, suboptimal mm-hmm. thinking, but that's what we all did. All of our heads were in the cubby hole, but it, I guess the rest of the body would not be radiated. No, we, we don't want to see those drills come. Back. No, 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 we don't go back to that. <laughs> We're going to watch this final trading session of the quarter. Take a look at futures here. It's going to be actually break even for the quarter on S&P 47.66. So unlikely that we uh, that we get above it. But uh, day is young. Uh, yes. More squawk on the street straight ahead. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. 
getting some uh, wire headlines on the tape from uh, uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, relatively vague here, but he does say that he has signed some decrees on gas for ruble trade uh, and that the buyers have to open ruble accounts in Russian banks. Jim, uh, well, payments for gas supplies to begin on April 1. They're, they're going to try to leverage what they have to sell. Well, they propped up the ruble. Uh, it's obviously a currency that is your last resort, but as long as the Russians prop it up, I guess you can do something if you want to violate everything that the civilized world is saying. Uh, I understand that China is not inclined. Uh, in the last 48 hours, China has said, you know what, good luck. Uh, we're not in favor of uh, and not against. India continues to buy. Uh, there's going to be a surfeit of nat gas there. Uh, uh, Semper came out this morning and talked about how they have a deal with Total to send a great deal of natural gas there. Uh, obviously, uh, LNG is going to be full. There isn't anyone who thinks that the LNG won't overwhelm, our LNG won't overwhelm Europe at this time next year. But it could be sped up if Germany were not more complicit with the Russians by keep de- keeping the decommission. One of my guys says, listen, if they would just stop closing the coal plants for 45 minutes, that, they would, that Germany would not need Russia. The Germans have been uniquely inefficient. And if not, I don't want to say they're complicit because Germany is part of NATO. Well, but they're not, they're not being great. Last night, one theory about the president's uh, expected announcement today on the SPR was maybe to condition the market for a ban on Russian energy in Europe, right? I you look, think they're I, foaming the runway in some sense. I think that Russia... Uh, Look, I don't think that our country, that many countries are going to be inclined to pay, you know, transfer by rubles. But India, a, a great democracy, is in, is uh, being, uh, I, I say, very anti-NATO here. But look, there's just countries doing so many crazy things, and none of it's being reported on. I mean, I just spend every hour on this stuff, Carl, and it is just shocking how much natural gas, we're, LNG, we can ship there. But it's shocking also that the Germans are acting as if they're 2038. Uh, energy plan is still on target. They actually think it's sunny every day there. What a bunch of fools. I mean, they, they are trying to get their, they're starting to talk about rationing, right? And telling consumers what will, you know, you heard BASF yesterday say, if we can't get half of what we need, we'll have to stop production. Ludwig Saven. My uh, family used to be big BASFers from Ludwig Saven. They'll get what they need. You think so? Me. Ludwig Saven runs half that country. You should be surprised how powerful BASF is. The, the chemical companies and the auto companies run, they actually run Germany right now because Merkel's not there. And it is just, I mean, they're in total disarray, the Germans. They're in disarray. They don't know what to do. This new leader, um, it, it seems that he, he's not quite uh, yet doing the right he's thing. Look, brand I'm, new. Look, I'm, well, I mean, but why don't they, look, why is Pol- Poland, Hungary, Moldova's probably taking more people in than they are. Yeah. Moldova. Remarkable open door for refugees. Yeah, I mean, it's just like there's so much. And I spend so much time trying to figure out which is the right charity to give for my travel trust because my distribution, and I, you know, 100,000 is not that much in the world the scheme of things. But it keeps coming back to the Red Cross because a lot of the countries have not developed. Like, I went to give church money to churches in Moldova, but they're just not set up. No one was set up for this refugee crisis. It's really a nightmare. And this is when Germany should step up. But they're um, Poland stepping up. Yes, yes, they have. Uh, as for Nat Gas, uh, on track for the best start to a year since 1990. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell on this final day of Q1. Don't go away.
Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. You saw Apple at the top of that list. That's why we're going to turn to Juan Kramer's Mad Dash. Yeah, well, I think that Apple, the stories that you're reading about Apple wanting to be bigger in finance are true. I think that if they had their druthers, they'd like to take on directly American Express. It's not clear how much Goldman is involved. They were involved. They, I think they just want to kind of disintermediate everybody. Uh, in typical fashion, let's say you're in Uber and you want to take a trip. They would like that to be on on Apple and be seamless. And I think I see more and more of this. Now, the stock had a huge streak. And then when the streak was broken, it was kind of like people said, oh, my, it's like Joe, Joe DiMaggio broke after 56. Well, <laughs> take a look at DiMaggio after. In a couple of days, he went back to that 30-game streak. I think that, that Apple is a hated stock because right here, a lot of people got short because that's when we learned from the incredibly reliable Nikai <laughs> that they were cutting supplies. Now, remember what Apple reiterated? To me? They always say the same thing, which is that, do you think think we pick up the phone and say, guys, we are really struggling here. So come back. No, they switch their part maker constantly. You never know. And I, I know I, I know all the CEOs of these companies and they always say, like, wow, we wish we knew what Apple was doing. And they're like big suppliers to Apple. There are more headlines today that they are continuing to diversify chip suppliers. Oh, yeah. Even some Chinese players. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, watch Nokia. Nokia is a winner in Europe because, again, people are trying to really cut back on, chi- on, on Xiaomi. Yeah, Xiaomi is another one that's in the crosshairs. We have to start realizing if our, our president were more attuned with what's going on in the world, everyone wants to go American, but we tend to not be as proud as I think we should be. Well, uh, invoking the Defense Production Act on battery EV materials, that's that's going to America. Oh, I thought that was right. In You've been the, calling for that forever. Yes, that was also in the wheelhouse of Elon Musk. Don't forget, Elon Musk said one day we would have a giant field of solar panels in northern Colorado and, and it would supply the whole country. Well, I think he's a little premature. He said that five years ago, but you know, most he, of his calls have been a little premature. He's premature, but he's getting there. <laughs> Someone said the other day that he hates me. That is quite untrue. <laughs> I have developed a back channel to Elon Musk because I've been so idolatrous, if not sycophantic, <laughs> that it's finally getting through to him. And he's right about Twitter. There is free speech on Twitter for everything, including racism and genocide. We're going to talk more about Tesla. Going to extend their Shanghai production through tomorrow, at least. Look at this. It was 200 points below. He's doing everything right. He has spare parts. All the rest of the industry is like, how does he have spare parts? How's he? Well, because he fought ahead. Yeah. Uh, Logistics. It's all about the logistics. We'll get the opening bell in just about four and a half minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere on the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Don't go away. A year from now, you'll see us move closer to the consumerization of healthcare. We'll have access to our data as patients. We'll be able to make decisions about our health. People are so much more health conscious since the pandemic. 
we'll be able to say, I want to get my MRI at this location versus that location because it's going to save me and the insurance plan money if I can decide where I want to go and save money. And so I want to make sure that a year from now we're putting our customers and our patients in the driver's seat. That's Walgreens CEO Roz Brewer talking to Bertha Coombs about healthcare and the consumer. Company does beat as demand for vaccines helped to boost pharma sales. 159 beats by about 19 cents. Some discussion about a potential Q2 slowdown, Jim, as the COVID demand wanes. Could happen. Uh, I know that that was why CVS has been trickling down. Uh, the question is, does Roz Brewer have to buy Centene? Does she have to buy at Centene because they've got a new CEO, but it could be it could still be bought. Uh, what do they do in order to be like CVS? Larry Merlot was initially criticized for all the money spent on Aetna, but it turned out to be brilliant. It's time for Wal- Walgreens to buy the equivalent of Centene. We'll talk more about M&A in a moment uh, and what's happened to it during the quarter. Uh, in the meantime, though, opening bell, CNBC real-time exchange with the big board. It is the defending NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. Owner Mark Lazary doing the honors at the NASDAQ at his swivel, provider of mass transit solutions, celebrating a listing via SPAC. I, I didn't know the Bucks had won the championship. I thought that was still in doubt. <laughs> it's good to see a little, I mean, uh, maybe that's a little projecting. Uh, we are going to get MLB a week from today. That's going to be nice. Oh, yeah. Finally. Was it the Mets doing it? Because they already won. Oh, they did? Yeah, the oh, Mets won. Okay, all right, good. Yeah, because uh, they had a pretty good owner there spending a lot of money. <laughs> um, global M&A, Jim, in Q1, down 29%. Yeah, well, we've got uh, an FTC head who I think would try to block anything, and you have to take a court case to them. Uh, what people don't understand is that the antitrust guy, John Tanner, late of Paul Weiss, it is um, not as anti as the FTC. So, I mean, if you can get sue the FTC, if you could try to go against the FTC on a deal, I think you could win because the FTC is not in sync with what the uh, the history of of cases has been. The case. Yeah. So, look, I, I know it's going to hurt the Goldman's. Goldman needs it, but you know, Goldman's is sure that things are okay. But I, I do think that you, you have to really watch this because it's been a major prop. Now, there's fewer deals, thank heavens, so we have less supply. But the, the, the demand side was really bolstered by M&A. And now all you're seeing really is private equity deals, yep. trying to pick off little guys, yep. uh, but nothing big. Yeah, Asia was actually down more than North America, Incredible. Uh, down 33 versus uh, North America down 28. We're looking at some of the gainers uh, for the quarter, Jim. Thematics, um, it's energy. Actually, some right. financials have managed to make the quarter work, maybe not the month. Right, but I think you know, Splunk is the idea that it might be a takeover. Uh, now that Doug Merritt was ousted, we don't even know why. Uh, Vertex, excellent reporting today by, uh, uh, we, we did a story. We, we did a story about uh, pain, about pain. Opioid, opioid, how they've got a pain alternative. I don't know if we have a clip, but uh, I thought it was pretty powerful because Vertex, the opioids pretty much wiped out uh, whole companies. J&J stock has moved up tremendously yep. during this period because uh, they've managed to beat the opioid uh, litigation, which I think is really important. But I do think the Vertex, if they really have something that's pain that's not addictive, then kind of like, if, I don't want it to be like House of Pain. I'm always, you know, the empire of yes. pain because they t- said that, um, Purdue said that they weren't addictive either. But I don't know. Um, consumer electronics, Jim. Uh, not only does uh, Morgan Stanley cut HPQ 
to equal weight. They cut Dell to underweight. Yeah, I thought that was odd. A lot of, but, they, they worry about not just consumer demand normalizing, but IT hardware spend amid all the geopolitical uncertainty. Yeah, like IP hardware spend has been, Dell did not have a good quarter. We had Enrique Loris on the show uh, on HPQ saying that business was actually quite strong except for the consumer. Uh, Dell is not that consumer. Dell is mostly enterprise. Uh, I don't want to go against these calls. Dell's been down because of the last quarter. Uh, I do want to say that that HPQ has been adamant that things are good, but then they made that acquisition with Poly, so I'm not so sure um, whether I really want to step against that downgrade. And then on top of all of that, you got Barclays cutting AMD to neutral, 115. Uh, They still see them as a share gainer, Jim. Uh, But again, talking about the risk of end demand weakening. You, uh, you, do you hate I, this call? I said yesterday the Chapel Trust would sell it if it could, sell some. And the reason why is because when you look at the, at the, we can't, we've been restricted. When you look at the breakdown of AMD, you've got gaming, which is not so, which we think has weakened. Uh, you've got PC, which is weakened. But you, you've got high-performance computing, which is strong. And then you've got the merger uh, with Xilinx, which we don't know how it's going to come out. Xilinx business is, is slower than AMD. But how quickly can Lisa Sue cut uh, what she needs to cut? I'm not against, look, the downgrade. I mean, we were like, you know, we, we were adamant yesterday at our 1020 meeting that we would have sold a lot of AMD. Uh, it's both just to get to our distribution, which I mentioned, the money go, going to uh, humanitarian concerns yeah, yeah. in Ukraine, but also because we do think that the, we predicted that someone would downgrade it, and they downgraded it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're about there. I mean, yeah. do you part of their part of their line is that over time Intel will play some catch up? Are you going that far? You know, look, I think that Intel has very low end, uh, but they can they can you know what they can do? They can flood they can flood the market. But with low end, not with high end, the high end PCs like this PC, because it has Microsoft 11, uh, is it's almost like you have to upgrade. Now, Enrico Lewis completely dodged that question. You did ask him that. Yeah. But there's been ample evidence that the 11, uh, Microsoft 11 needs an upgrade, which is good for AMD and not good for Intel. But uh, people are really wondering about uh, Pat Gelsinger uh, because... Pat made some statements when he was in Washington recently indicating that uh, his cash flow is going to go entirely to uh, helping make us more uh, semi-independent from Taiwan, which would therefore make it so that even the dividend would be in doubt, if he is serious about that. So I I think that they're all systems uh, go. Uh, I I don't like what he's saying, which is he's saying, look, we're going to sell everything. We're going to raise money to be able to buy plants. But I do think the analysts are reacting to an old AMD business. The new Ryzen chip, I think, is doing quite well. But I understand, like, the analysts are just reacting to anything negative. Like, you know, we had an interview yesterday with, with, uh, with, uh, with, with, with Micron. Sanjay? And Sanjay Marotta said everything positive about 5G, not positive about 4G. And everyone decided that what he said was negative for cell phone. It was the opposite. He's saying that 5G is getting stronger. Um, HP said, look, enterprise is getting stronger. But everyone's just hearing consumer, consumer, consumer. So they're downgrading AMD. AMD, Lisa Sue will be in there buying every share when this thing settles down. Right. 
up. But I don't think it's I don't think uh, if you're selling AMD, which I said people are going to do, understand it's a trade to be sold because of of what Gelsinger said. Gelsinger, Gelsinger was really talking about almost a messianic view of what is going to happen with what he tends to spend. And I don't think the people in Intel are ready for what Pat Gelsinger wants to do in order to be able to make us uh, semi-independent. You think you should be looking out more for the company and less for the country? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And by the way, just to, to know on that Vertex that Meg Trail reported, it's not up today. I think that people, because she did a really good story about it. I didn't want to push it because I think what's happened is it already happened. Like a lot of those moves that we put up, they've already happened. So be careful. Don't pile right. in on those. Right. Uh, Intel's at 51. I think probably goes to 47. Uh, because if Enrico, if you're downgrading Hewlett and you downgrade uh, Dell, you should downgrade Intel because that's who they sell to. But um, I don't know. People, Pat, Pat Gelsinger is incredibly nice. <laughs> You're a very uh, nice man. Yes, yes, you've made that clear. We didn't talk about the PBH. Quote. I was just going to go there. Oh, my. Uh, Morgan Stanley cuts to equal weight, but, 89. It's mostly about the tax rate guidance. Jim. I know, but they used the term. They were talking about maybe there wouldn't be enough. I mean, they were talking about, like, cash issues. I mean, I, I, was, I, I was kind of aghast. You know, they have a new CEO, uh, Stefan Larson, uh, and they don't do TV. Now, previously, Manny Trico would come and he would tell you everything. Be like, this is going well, this isn't going well. Tommy Elfiger in this country is not going well, but it's time for Stefan Larson to come on and refute some of these incredibly dire statements that these analysts are making. And that PVH downgrade was hideous. Yeah, RL is going to be taken down uh, in sympathy. Um, we'll yeah. watch PVH. We talked about it all week. Uh, well, that was like, they used the term impairing. When I see the term impairing, what that says to me is, look out. Now, I, they, that was just, that was, they wanted that stock lower. Stefan Larson must come on. He has to. Now, we often talk about, like, who comes on when times are good or bad. Well, Manny came on. But to Stefan Larson, I think one of the reasons why the stock is so bad is because people are very uh, circumspect about his work. Now, uh, Ralph Lauren, they're doing well, but you're absolutely right. That's just a, a, a completely down because of, uh, uh, of what PVH is doing. Now, Patrice LeVette is doing exactly the opposite. But I think that this apparel group all trades together. Yeah. Um, cruise lines, CDC removing their most stringent travel warning, NCLH. It's uh, more than a one-month high here, Jim. Well, look, I believe that you've got to think about Disney. Disney has made no, you know, the, Disney owns a lot as a fleet. And they did that big meeting yesterday, two days ago on uh, Disney World. I want people to start thinking about them as, a, as being back in the business of cruise. Uh, you know, Frank Del Rio at Norwegian says that bookings are really good for next year. I know that I want to do a cruise for the investing club. <laughs> I do. Would, I do. That would be no, amazing. No, I think it would be fabulous. Lou Rukas used to do them. I, I've, reached out to, I've reached out to Frank Del Rio. I said, listen, I want a ship. Three-day cruise where we talk about stocks. <laughs> I, mean, I would do it all day and all night. What would Why the, not? What would the route be? Do you know? Where would you want to go? Uh, um, Does it matter? Bahamas, I would Virgin stay. Gorda? No, all I want is, is like they do with those uh, electronic music. Uh, or, um, or like, you know, Fish or Wilco or uh, Weezer. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Just, Look, I'm happy to go. You know, I, I, I'm happy just to kind of circle around. But I want the opportunity to have a cruise for people who want to talk stocks and also want to go to Vegas, of course. And every one of these I'm going to do. 
because I don't care. We have to talk stocks to everybody who wants to talk stocks. That's what the club is about. No and it's Cruz. Shortly before he died, he said, you know what you need to do? When you really get to where you have to be, you have to do stock cruises. Well, we're there. The club is going to go on a cruise. That is fabulous. I assume you'll, you could do a live shot from there at least, right? We'll have you on. Oh, no, absolutely. They've got terrific uh, Wi-Fi, and they can do yep. whatever they want. Frank Del Rio is all set. We just, to me, we just need to get dates. Can you imagine how much fun would it be? They just talk stocks. We get a couple of CEOs who actually know about the stock market. Yeah. Get a couple of market technicians. You may have to be enrolled. I don't know. <laughs> My wife is on board. She says, listen, cruises are safe. Let's go. It's, yeah, it's been a long time coming, Jim. As for Disney itself, uh, City today reiterates a buy after a series of notes about the management meeting earlier in the week. But we're back down to 140. Yeah, and you know, it's like I tried to get that guy. Uh, you know, I got to just some of those have uh, Moffat Nathans in there with the, uh, my, yes. Mike Nathan. So it's time. And he, he kind of comes with an eh, you know. I think people are making a mistake. I think that there's a belief that the immersive experience that they're going to do doesn't matter. I think the company's very frustrated. I think they thought that they had a good meeting, uh, but nothing seems to be able to move Disney. Maybe it's time for ESPN to stand up and be counted. Go gambling. They have refused. They have have not done gambling. I guess they're afraid of Jimmy, the legend of Jimmy the Greek. They ought to go in. They got to go all in. Great 30 for 30. Yeah. Uh, Before we go to break, take a look at the bond report. Uh, We did mention jobless claims, 202K, and continuing claims, the lowest since the 1960s. Personal income was in line. Spending was a little weak as we keep our eye on uh, consumer uh, appetites right now. Ten-year yield back to 234. We're back in a moment. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here live at CME HQ with breaking news, our March read on Chicago PMI, expected to be 57, a better number, 62.9, well above expectations, well above sequential 56.3 in the rearview mirror. Now, I could say it's the highest level all the way back to this January when it was 65.2, but that really doesn't do justice to the notion that we have reversed a bit, and that is a very good sign. Interest rates have started to creep up. Ten-year note yields have been down every day this week, but we do see two-year and three-year, the very short maturities right now, with higher yields, lower prices on the day. They just flipped. Squawk on the Street will return after these messages. If Congress fails to act, we won't have the supply we need this fall to ensure the shots are available free, easily accessible for all Americans. Americans are back to living their lives again. We can't surrender that now. Congress, please act. You have to act immediately. The consequences of an action are severe. They'll only grow with time. That is the president yesterday pressing Congress to approve emergency COVID funding. McConnell's uh, doing an an event today, Jim, with Punchbowl, saying what they want to do is pay for the package, but they might skinny it down from 15 to 10. Well, one of the things that is just sadly dysfunctional is is that those of us who've looked into this can't get any clarity from NIH uh, or CDC about the actual uh, booster that's supposed to happen, whether you should take it now. Whether, how long should, can you wait between the last shot? 
So literally, I mean, I've been trying to figure this out somewhat selfishly to figure out when I can take it, but no one. There have been no guidelines from the CDC about when you can take the booster versus not. There are a lot of doctors who are concerned that you're taking the booster too soon after taking the earlier. So I think if we got clarity on the actual shot, we'd get much more clarity on the, the package. But the president doesn't really speak to the CDC. He doesn't speak right. to the NIH. NIH is often at odds with the CDC. This has continued since the first month of the, of the crisis. Uh, huge lack of data. We're relying on the Israelis once again. That's all we have. Uh, the Times even suggested this week you know, in their article about whether whether or not to get it, maybe time it to your travel this summer. Literally saying, if the if the duration is that short, maybe you wait until the fall or the summer or, or fall. I didn't bring a coin because of people don't <laughs> use change anymore, but it certainly would be as authoritative as the CDC. The CDC, by the way, in that interview on 60 Minutes, it was it was just it, it's shocking. She cannot get data from our country, so they use Israeli data. Uh, yeah, directionless uh, to a large degree. Yeah, even. but, but incre- everyone's nice. I've dealt with all of them. Yes. They have that, they're like Pat Gelsinger. Yeah. They're nice. And I think that, like my ma said, if you're nice, that's all that matters. Let's move on to some developments uh, regarding Amazon and the ongoing push to unionize. Uh, Deirdre Bosa joins us with more on that this morning. Hey, Dee. Hey, guys. Well, this is a key day for the small but growing unionization drive over at Amazon. Uh, Two elections, one at an Alabama warehouse, another at a Staten Island warehouse. Those are wrapping up workers in Bessemer, Alabama. They voted for the second time here on whether to join the RWSDU. This is a do-over after the National Labor Relations Board found that Amazon improperly interfered in the union contest last spring. Now, some of our audience, they may recall the controversy over that first vote. That one hinged on a warehouse mailbox. Amazon said that it was meant to make voting convenient. Organizers said it made workers feel like their votes were monitored. That one, though, went overwhelmingly in Amazon's favor. Their turnout this time was actually lower, roughly 39% versus the 55% last spring. Both were mail-in ballots. They just need a majority. Now, the public portion of the latest vote count, that's expected to begin as soon as this afternoon. We will be watching it. Uh, Meanwhile, in-person union voting at the Staten Island Warehouse, that finished yesterday with ballot counting expected to begin today as well. And Guys, there is also a third warehouse in Brooklyn that is expected to vote later this month. So what began as one small movement in Bessemer, Alabama, that has now gained traction. It still, however, makes up a tiny proportion of Amazon's now more than one million strong U.S. workforce. And even with a win at any of these locations, Amazon is likely to appeal. But... This does, guys, represent the company's biggest labor challenge ever here in the U.S. and could threaten its famous efficiency. Carl Jim uh, Bezos has said in recent years that now they want to be the world's number one employer. So this is certainly a challenge to that. Yeah. Uh, Jim, what do you think? Does, how much do they suffer from an efficiency standpoint if a lot of this happens at scale? Well, we know that the union work rules are what everything is about. It's the same case with Starbucks, too. If you can't tell your employees when they work, then you're really not able to have much of an ability to be able to uh, move product or move coffee. And I think that people, the unions will be in charge of time that you need to work. And that would be dreadful for, uh, very dreadful for Andy Jassy. And that's just a U.S. picture, right? Yeah. They got Europe to I mean, think look, about as well. You know, look, one of the problems was, you know, Starbucks does indeed have unionized places in the ones that they franchise. But if you can't control the work rules, no one wants to work certain shifts. So you can just say, listen, I'm not going to work that shift. 
And Amazon would not be able to say, yes, you must work it. So that's what at stake with union is, is time that you have to work. Our thanks to Dee. We're going to watch uh, developments in New we York have more on and the Alabama. Tech check? I, I imagine we will. Because uh, she's doing amazing work. This is a very important story because the reason why, one of the reasons why Amazon works so well is because people work when Amazon says you must work. Let's get to Jim and stop trading today. Well, look, I, I am, I'm taking a very hard look at Boeing. Okay, now Boeing is owned by the Charitable Trust. There's some confusion. Yesterday, they had an order from China Southern Max, okay? But it was not a real order. 39 planes was not a new order, but simply a confirmation. Now, some people would argue, well, wait a second. It's good that they confirmed rather than cancel. I like that. Ryanair interested in buying some. ASL wants 20 converted freighters. The Ryanair is interesting because Ryanair had previously blasted Boeing and said, we're not playing. So these are positives uh, as a whole mosaic for Boeing. Again, my Chapel Trust owner, CBC Investing Club, will talk about it at the 1020 meeting. But I don't want anyone to think that the China Southern order is new. It was not new. Okay. People uh, got very excited. Uh, Michael O'Leary said he'd be willing to pass on the on the 10 following this dispute over uh, over pricing. We have to wait for Boeing to be in kind of a headspace for talking about Max 10s at the moment. They're dealing with the backlog, triple seven, uh, design delays, certification delays. Well, we've been selling some of the Boeing. We have a nice nice profit in it, not huge, but just because, just kind of we're hoping for more from Boeing at this point. Um, certainly hoping at 787, uh, some good news, but at least the Chinese didn't cancel the order. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I'll tell you what, it's not the picture you envisioned when travel returned in earnest. No, we That's bought Boeing because we felt that this was, you know, you could have bought Booking.com or Airbnb. Now, those are, Airbnb's been tough, but Boeing has been stepping on its own toes for a long time. We're all hoping, great American company, that it returns to its greatness. How about tonight? All right. Um, whoa, uh, I've been, yeah, we've got, I'm doing, I'm going there. I'm going to find out whether we're blocking cyber threats from, there's been no, you know, remember, there's been no cyber activity, it seems. I think what's really happening is, is that we're winning. So I'm going to ask Nikesh Aurora. You know, the, the Russians, the all-powerful, brilliant Russians with the 2,000 people in one room are supposed to be able to shut down our country. So far, Russia should be able should worry about having stuff in their supermarket shelves. Right. They look worse than the than the Dollar General I went to it just opened. Where like, hey guys, where's the stuff? And they ask you, well, would you like to work here? I'm telling you, Russia, it's Argentina. Yep. You it's can, Argentina you with nukes. Argentina rich, with nukes. Operationally poor. Yep. We have decided we've made them think that they're nineteen forty four. They are not nineteen forty four. There is no Zukov. Okay? No Zukov. Jim, we'll see you at 6. Mad Money, of course, with Jim Cramer, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.